Hey, you're listening to the Catalyst Church Podcast, here to incite change through Jesus. Check us out on social media, Catalyst Church NZ. Now, onto this week's message. Uh, but I got two messages for you this morning, so don't worry, I'm not going to preach both of them. Firstly, okay? Uh, well, I will preach the other one some other time. Um, but I've got one message uh, that I have prepared, and it's all nicely here in this notebook here, and I can go through and I can do that. Uh, and then I have another message uh, that I have just that's been just percolating in my spirit all week that I've not written down any notes for. And I want to know what message you want to hear this morning, church. Do you want to hear the, the notebook one, or do you want to hear the, the, the percolated one? All right, well, we'll put this away then. All right, praise God. I even have a title for my message. It's uh, in Psalm 51. If you've got your Bible, turn with me there. Uh, Psalm 51. Okay, somewhere near the Bible, in the middle of your Bible, just open it up there. Psalm 51. And the title of my message today is called, Create in Me a Clean Heart. Create in Me a Clean Heart. This is an incredible psalm in here. I was unbelievably challenged this week. Uh, as I read this here, this uh, popped up in my Version Bible app, uh, Psalm 51 verse, uh, I don't even know which verse it was, it was one of the verses, we'll get to it at some point, and there it popped up as the verse of the day, maybe this week, maybe last week, I can't remember, at some point it popped up as the verse of the day, and you know, God grips your heart sometimes. There's moments where, where you're reading the Word of God and God grips your heart. And I want to tell you as a little pro tip, as a little thing to help you in your walk with God, whenever your heart is gripped by God, whenever something, when something pops up and you go, wow, when, you, when that pops up and you go, man, that's, that's really interesting. They don't just graze over that. Don't just go through and read. Like, let that thing percolate in your life. So I want to tell you, so what I did with this is I went and read all of Psalm 51. And then I was on my way into work one day this week, and I just was reading Psalm 51. I had it in my little, uh, on my phone there, and my little uh, thing on the windscreen, my, my phone holder there. I pushed play. I listened to it. I let it come out. And then I just left it on the screen there. And as I was going through, instead of listening to the news or listening to the radio or, or any of that sort of stuff, I decided that I was going to pray through this psalm and, 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 and just pray it out. And I just started praying through this. And this is an incredible thing that you can do. Another pro tip here. These are not even part of my message, but firstly, don't, don't, don't just go past something when it stands out at you. Second thing, you can pray through the Psalms, man. I love praying through the Psalms. It's one of my most favorite things to do. And what you do is instead of just reading it out there, is you make it personal on there. So at firstly, I mean, this is really easy. In verse one, it says this uh, in Psalm 51 verse one, it says, have mercy on me, O God. So I was praying, God, I pray right now that you would have mercy on me, that your mercy would be fresh in my life today, that I would experience that according to your steadfast love. God, I thank you that you love me steadfastly, that there is nothing that can shake your love for me. And I just, I was just on my way. And it was hard because I kept wanting to close my eyes and just like go into that. But I kept my eyes open. Don't worry. I didn't touch my phone. So it was totally legal. So any police officers listening, you cannot find me. Okay. I wasn't operating my phone. It was just there. And, and I love praying through the Psalms and doing this. And this, this scripture here, this is written by a man named David. David is known as a man after God's own heart. David is probably my favorite Old Testament character. Like, I love David. David is just like, he is just wild. Like, he has this incredible story that as a young boy, just was there seeking out after God out in the fields, praising and worshiping him. 
But not only that, he was taking down lions. He was taking down bears. He was like, he was out there and he was faithful to what he did. He took down Goliath. Many of you will be aware of the story of David and Goliath where he went out to this battle and he saw like the whole armies of Israel. They were like just cowering in fear. But because he knew who his God was, because he knew who his God was, he was not scared to, to go out and face it. He said, my God is bigger than any giant. I might not have to face Goliath, but there is giants in my life and in your life that you will have to face. And I want to tell you, we can have a confidence in our God that we can overcome it. And then he goes on and eventually he has this promise. He has this promise to become the king of, of Israel. He was promised to be there, but the circumstances of his life were crazy. Like you think he's getting positioned and then he gets chased out and he finds himself in all sorts of weird scenarios and situations, but through a long situation of circumstances, he eventually becomes the king. And then before I actually read Psalm 51, let's go to um, let's go to second let's go to second Samuel. Just put a finger in there. I'm gonna put a bookmark in there. Let's go to second Samuel eleven. Because this gives us some context for what's about to happen, what we're about to read in here. Second Samuel eleven, I think it is. We'll find out very soon if I remembered correctly. Second Samuel eleven. Yes. 2 Samuel 11, there's this a story about David. So he's become the king. He's done some incredible things. He's known as a man that loves God, that seeks God, that goes after God's own heart there. And then he is the king. And then it says this in 2 Samuel 11, verse 1, In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabah. But David remained at Jerusalem. So this is the scenario. David has become king. He has stepped into his role. He's doing all these amazing things for God. And then we come into the springtime, a change of season. There is a change of season. And when there is a change of season, we need to shift the way we behave. We need to shift the way we do things. We need to become what we need in different seasons in our life. And it finds in this season in spring, it says this in the Bible, the time when kings go out to battle. Now, David was the king, but it says there at the end of verse one there, but David remained in Jerusalem. And so that means trouble's about to happen. Anytime we don't do the things that the season requires of us to do, when we don't do the things that we're supposed to step out and do in that season, something's gonna go wrong. Something's gonna go off the rails. So verse two, it says this, it happened late one afternoon. It just happened. Man, isn't it so funny how life just happens? Just, it just so happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch, when he's like, you know, just chilling out there, man, rising up from his couch and walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful, very beautiful. Like he's like there and he's looking across. Now, I don't know about you, but when I bathe, I don't bathe in my swimsuit. So you can leave enough to the imagination that when David is out there, all of a sudden he saw a situation. However, he was never meant to be in this situation. He was never meant to be there. He was supposed to be out of war. And when he was there, he found himself in this situation. And then verse 3 goes on there. And David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? So David sent messages and took her and she came to him and he lay with her. That's Bible talk for they had sex. Just to be super clear there, okay? And then she returned to her house and the woman conceived. She got pregnant. 
And she told David, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab said, uh, sent Uriah to David. And when Uriah came to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war was going. And David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your you wash your feet. And Uriah went out of the king's house and there followed him, uh, and there followed him a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go into the house. And when they told David, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said, Have you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, The ark of Israel and Judah dwell in booths. And the Lord, my, and my Lord Joab and the servants of the Lord are camping in the open field. Shall I go into my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife as you live and as your soul lives? I will not do this thing. So long story short, he doesn't go in. David's great plan was to bring his husband back so that he could go and like make love to his wife and so that he could think that the baby that was conceived was his own, but it failed. So David goes on and you can read on later when he realizes this plan is going to fail. He said, all right, send him back to the front lines and put him in the place where the battle is worse, where the fighting is hardest. And at the moment, I want you to withdraw because he wants to kill him. He wants him dead because he doesn't want his sin, his thing that he has done to be exposed to the whole world so that people would know he wants him. He set up the scene. The scene is this. He's seen the wife. He's done the deed. He's gone, oh man, let me cover my tracks. He's brought back the husband. He's seen him back in there. And now he's sent him back out to battle to die. This is the scene that has gone on there. Long story short, he dies in battle. And then we find out in the coming chapters that the prophet Nathan, he comes to David and he rebukes him and he tells him what you've done is wrong. And David's response, David's response is incredible there. He said, as the Lord lives, in, verse, in chapter 12, I think this is it, in verse 5 and 6, as the Lord lives, the man who does, deserves to die. No, maybe not. He's done this thing. Anyway, this is what happens. You ask for this. Anyway, long story short, I hear it as David said to Nathan, this is what he said. He's been told off by the prophet here, verse 13. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And David said to Nathan, and Nathan said to David, the Lord has also put, put away your sin. You shall not die. See, David's response to his sin being exposed was to repent and take responsibility, not to blame shift or to try and justify his actions. And so we have this incredible scenario here. This is the scene that is led up before David wrote Psalm 51. Now let us read Psalm 51. Turn back in there, Psalm 51. This is what's going on. This is the scene. This is the situation here. After David has gone and he's done this incredible like sin and there. See, David was the David was the, the king of the nation right there. You know, if David was around today, you know, we would have made him resign. He had been cast out. He, if he was the CEO of an organization, he's kicked out. If he is, if he, if he's in, if he's in government, like this scandal has ended his political career. Like you know, like today, if if, if, he, if he's in like you know different situations and circumstances, he is totally removed. The, this is not what God has planned for for people here, because his attitude was the was 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 is about to be exposed here. And this it says this verse one: Have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. In other words, God, I am so desperate for your mercy, your forgiveness. Would you take this horrible sin that has been in my life that has exposed God? I am sorry for that and get rid of it. Verse 2, wash me thoroughly for my iniquity and cleanse me 
from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you. And you only have I sinned and have done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your just judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in my sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth and in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than so snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me, away, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Create in me a clean heart. Do you know the process of having a, a heart right with God is actually something that needs to be created? The Bible says that our hearts are wicked, that we cannot trust our hearts. And so there is a process that our hearts need to go through to be redeemed before God, that we need to create a mere clean heart. The Bible makes this, this clear that actually we don't actually have a right heart before God. And we can see that this process here actually is in David where we go through things and issues in life where we make mistakes. And we need to renew those. We need to have them right where God will speak to us. But here's another scenario that's happened, and I see this a lot in people today, where we actually have wrong things happen to us. And our heart response to them requires God to create in us a new heart, create in us a clean heart, create in us a heart that would be after God. See, some of us have had wrongs done against us. Some of us have been on the other side of the ledger and our hearts have got a little bit bitter. Our hearts have got a little bit twisted. Man, I want to tell you, I know this. I've personally had wrongs happen in my life where I've been unjustly accused of things, where people have thought things about me that are wrong. And I've had to, to really guard my heart. I've had to really look at this and go, oh God, would you create in me a clean heart? Because the things that are flowing from my heart, the things that are, are wanting to come out, they're not what I want in my life. That's not what you've called me to be. That's not who I am in you. Creating me a clean heart, oh God, is a process. In Genesis 1, we hear the creation story and we go through there and God is so big that in His power and might, He could have gone, and everything is done. But instead, God takes us on a journey over six days of seeing a progressive creation revealed and unlocked. That layer upon layer, the creation has been. First, there was the, the waters and they were parted. The land came up. The heavens were created. The stars were brought into the sky. There was trees that were brought in. There was fish that were planted in the sea. There was animals that were placed. There was birds that had been on there. And finally, man was brought into creation because God wants to show us that there is a pathway. There is a creation that we are on a journey that we're not just supposed to have it all done. Like when we get saved, it's not just, man, I am there, I've made it. Yes, there is a, a, a moment where you no longer, where joy and salvation enter into your life. But there is a working out of your salvation daily with 
fear and trembling. And the Bible says in here, David's prayer in here is, God, create in me a clean heart. In other words, my heart needs creating and needs renewing and needs to be restored. But God, I won't want to just stay where I am today. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. See, when we sin, the Bible says it separates us from God. Our spirit is then separated from God. But God wants to renew in your life a right spirit. A spirit that is right before God, a spirit that is righteous, that is in right standing before God. And that actually there is a thing, a process that happens in each and every one of our lives. You know when you get upset and annoyed with someone? That's an opportunity where God wants to create a, a, a clean heart in your life. When you get annoyed, when you say something, when you beep your horn a little bit too long, that it wasn't just an emergency thing to let them know, whoa, watch out, I'm here, but it just turns from that to anger. Like, you know, the other week I was driving along and somebody just like cut me off. And I, I, I just wanted, my initial was like, whoa, don't come into me. And then I was like, get out of my lane. Like, you know, and, and, and we go on these journeys where God is actually exposing things in our lives. And he wants to create in you a clean heart. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen that, God, you would renew a right spirit in me. And that when we have this, it's our posture before God. I, I want to tell you something shifts and changes in your life. That actually this posture here, because we don't have to have it all together. The good news for you, to, my friend, is that you don't have to have it all together. This week, you've probably made mistakes just like I have. You've done things you shouldn't have done. Or maybe you didn't do things you should have done. And those things make us fall short before God. But there is a process that God is taking us on. And even when we do those things, maybe even this morning, on the way in, before you came to church, you did something you regret. And these things, they can hang over us. But the Bible says there that there is a process where God wants to create in us this clean heart. Oh God, that it shifts inside of us. That there is a renewing of our spirit. That happens there, and I love what goes on, verse 11, that, that David's prayer is, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. You know, so often we think, oh man, I'm mucked up. I've got to just get myself a little bit clean and then I can get back to God. God wants us to have short accounts with Him. That means that the moment we make a mistake that we turn back to Him. Like, you know, when my son, he's running along and he makes a mistake and he hurts himself, he doesn't go, oh man, I better wait for the pain to go away and the bleeding to stop so I can go back to Dad and he can know what it is and he can say, oh yeah, I've got it all sorted. I can, I can now come back to you, Dad. He goes, no, he immediately is crying and going, Dad, help me. And our heart response to God when things are happening in our world, when we have these things and we grimace and we think these thoughts that come through, our response to God is, God, create in me a clean heart. Don't push back from God. That is the moment to draw in to His presence. No, we're not supposed to continually sin over and over and over again. But Romans 7 describes the very thing that's going on, that we do the things in our flesh that we desire not to do. And the things that I want to do, I don't do. But we continually submit ourselves over to God and a shift starts to happen in our world and all of a sudden we start to see a, a tidal wave start to build over a momentum in this because we turn up and we come to God and we say God cast me not away from your presence I just want to be in the presence of God 
I just want to be in the presence of God. I just want to spend time wherever you are, God. I thank you that you don't take your Holy Spirit away from me, God. And that in your presence, there is fullness of joy. That in your presence, there is life. In your presence, things shift and they change. And I am not the same as I was. That even though the actions I may have, even though the thoughts I may have, they might be the way of the old. I am a new creation. And that God, in me, you are creating me and changing me and shaping me and molding me and breaking me and I am becoming who you plan me to be. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he planned before we were even born. And in life, we carry stuff. We carry sin. We carry like all the, the dirt and mucking around. And I, I, I look at people and, and when they're carrying this stuff, I, I see it. Because without Jesus, it weighs in on our lives. It weighs into who we are. We need the presence of God. We need Jesus in our life to, 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 to renew our spirits, to create a clean heart, but to wash away our sin. Like in verse 2, wash me thoroughly for my iniquity and cleanse me for my sin. That God would take away those things. And unless we have Jesus in our lives, in our world, I want to tell you the sin, the things that weigh us down, they just weigh us. They build up. And I remember before I knew Jesus, before I was in that place of having my sin forgiven, that actually the sin weighed in on me. It just and, and, and it just doesn't go away. It just sits there. And all I could do was try my best to ignore it, was try my best to, to, to put it aside. And you know what? When people do that, we just, it just becomes a part of our world. It just becomes normal. And we, we don't realize the freedom that can be found with a cleansed heart, with a right spirit before God. And the sins that build up in our lives, we keep them there. But actually, God wants to take them away. And He wants to restore to us the joy of what it is when we were first saved. Man, I remember back in August of 1998, the 26th of August, when I prayed a simple prayer of salvation, inviting Jesus into my life, how amazing it was. I remember turning up to school the next day and you could not wipe the smile off my face. Like I was there, I was just so excited to tell anybody and everybody about what was going on. And when we ask God to create in us a clean heart, to renew a right spirit and within us, and to not go away from His presence, it continues on there, verse 12, it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And that joy becomes afresh in us. Because we need it. We leak, man. There's stuff that goes on in our world and our lives. And so God, I pray today that you would help restore to us the joy of your salvation. But God today is wanting to create in you a clean heart. That's not to say that you're far from God. That's not to say that you have done some big grievous sin. You don't have to have killed someone and committed adultery to need God to create in you a clean heart. But the Bible says very clearly, man, it says so clearly that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. And that because of that, we, we earn 
the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And that means for us that each one of us, we have the weight of that upon us, but God doesn't want us to carry that weight anymore. He wants us to be free from that. And he sent his son, Jesus. He says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And he sent his son freely so that anyone, any one of us could freely receive him. Even that person that's calling me right now. <laughs> They're calling in. The Bible says, Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's simply a matter of confessing Jesus and believing in your heart. doesn't matter what you've done, where you're at. And I want to give an opportunity today for every person here in this place, no matter where you're at, what's going on. I don't know where you're at before God, but I want to let you know that Jesus loves you. That's the only thing you need to know today, that Jesus loved you, he died for you, and that he wants you to be a part of his family. And it's simply a matter of just believing your heart and confessing with your mouth. If you're here today and you say, you know what, that's me, Andy. I need to get right before God. Let me just close your eyes for a moment, every person in this place. I need to get right before God. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you once have. You're far from him, or maybe you just don't know where you stand before God. You want to be sure. In a moment, I'm going to get you to lift up your hand, and I'm going to get you to pray a prayer after that as well, and we're going to pray this together. But if you're here today and you say, Andy, you know what? That's me. I've either never given my life to God, never made that decision, but today is your day. Or maybe you once made a decision like that, but you know, for whatever reason in life, you've wandered away. Maybe you're here and you just do not know where you stand before God and you want to be sure. In a moment, I'm just going to get you to lift your hand and say, Andy, that's me. I want you to pray for me. Is anyone here today say, that's me? Just slip up your hand. Awesome, I see that hand. Is anyone else here today say, that's me? You know what, God, I, I need to get right with you today. Anyone else say, Holy Spirit, I'm here today to meet with you. Here to meet with you, God come into this place and you just feel the presence of God and he's here for you today. Maybe you're going, oh man, I've just done all these things in my life. God forgives you. He loves you. He wants you to receive that today. Is anyone else here today who say, that's me, Andy. I want to just get right with God. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence, for your power and your anointing that's here today. Awesome. This is what we're going to do. Is, uh, we're going to pray a prayer. I'm going to say a line. I want everyone to say this line and repeat after me. And, uh, and maybe you didn't lift your hand, but if this is you and you're going, you know what, that is, that is really me. You make this your prayer. And so repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today and I surrender my life. God, I'm sorry for every wrong thing that I've done. And I thank you today, you are creating a clean heart in me. I choose today to make you my Savior and my Lord. I thank you right now. I am now a part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. That's a fantastic celebration that's going on in heaven right now. Praise God.
But today I want to pray for people.